Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, April 28th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, folks. Do you know today is National Superhero Day? And this friend of mine, she is my own personal Wonder Woman, would you believe, Power Girl? She is a she-devil with a sword. <laughs> she is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? Oh, David, I'm doing great. This must be a very special day for you, National Superhero Day. You're really into <laughs> superheroes and things like that. Actually, I hate to put the team on the spot, but the other day we took a clip from the live stream, and I don't know if you saw this, David, <laughs> but we did a little treatment to it about your love of the Batmobile car. <laughs> Maybe we can find that since it is National Superhero Day um, because, you know, you if you win the lottery, you told me you would buy the Batmobile yes, for well, Lady Menzies. It's a Batmobile, <laughs> not one of the original five Batmobiles, of which I think three are still in existence. Oh, but okay. there is a company, I think it's shuttering soon, and they've got five performance Batmobiles left. It's in Indiana, I believe. It's called Fiberglass Freaks. They're officially licensed by DC Comics. They have five remaining, I believe, uh, performance Batmobiles. 300,000 U.S., so a lot of money to yeah. live out a fantasy. But, yeah, you know, Batman is my kind of hero. As the saying goes, Sheila, he's not the superhero we want, but he's the superhero we need. And I think when it comes to you, yeah. uh, we talked about this. When, there you go. Look at that. Isn't that, that is a... Uh, a we could just get you the shirt, though. While we wait for the lottery winnings to come in. We I think they give you the shirt, shirt when you buy the performance Batmobile. Just hand out the least they could do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that is an absolute letter-perfect replica of the George Barris Batmobile that was on the TV show from, I believe, um, 66 to 68. Um, look at that. It is my favorite Batmobile of all times. It's street legal, which is very important. And uh, I'm telling you, just to uh, some days, Sheila, I get so frustrated. I just feel like donning a bat suit, <laughs> cruising down Young Street looking for troublemakers and uh, dispense. In your electric car? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I need the Batmobile. <laughs> I th that, and let me tell you this. In the world of exotic vehicles, I mean, there are Ferraris, Lamborghinis, McLarens. But, you know, in Toronto, in certain areas, those are, you know, literally a dime a dozen for the rich folk. You drive down the boulevard or go on the 401 with a replica Batmobile, everybody is turning heads. And, you know, Sheila, every Batman needs a Robin. Come over to Toronto. We'll put you in that little Robin suit. <laughs> <laughs> Robin was a, a female character in the uh, Dark Knight Returns uh, uh, graphic novel. So uh, there you go. But I think you're a superhero, Sheila. I think we discussed this. Um, because it's so politically incorrect now. I think maybe they've redesigned her costume, but it's the Huntress because, A, she hunts down the bad guys with a bow and arrow. She doesn't care if she uh, kills you, unlike Batman, with his aversion to guns. And she also wears a cross, although I think they don't draw her with that anymore. And is that not the ultimate Sheila Gunn-Reed uh, superheroine? 
Yeah, it's a little more on the nose than people are like, oh, Sheila, She-Ra, Princess of Power. <laughs> oh, there, there, you're done. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Because you have a bow and arrow. You've got to work out a little harder. Yeah, I have a compound bow. <laughs> work yeah. out a little harder. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. So get the Huntress costume, and if things go... And by the way, I should... This is directly uh, um, linked to Cars, Sheila. Uh, you know, the bailiwick of this show sometimes is the human condition, and I am being grotesquely outvoted by the staff here at Rebel News headquarters. Our wonderful uh, newish employee, Isabel, who does camera work on some of my assignments, we were coming back last week, and she looked at a sage green um, Mini Cooper, and she wanted that, and I said, you know, if I won the lottery, I would buy you that. And I said, hey, you know what? It's up to 60 million today. Give me the seven numbers. And if I win, I will buy you a Mini Cooper, John Cooper Works, which is, I think, more than $60,000 off the lot. I told this to Lady Menzoid. She freaked out. She says, you can't just give her a car. You have to buy her a house, too. Okay, she lives in the beach, so that's another $2 million. So I'm already under $58 million. <laughs> Lady Menzoid, as always, excellent at spending my money. And here, the lo and behold, so here's the ticket. I bought it. I got the seven numbers from Isabel. Do you know what, Sheila? Not only did it not win, not one number came up. So I asked Isabel, I think fair is fair. You should give me the $5 I had oh to spend. What do you mean, oh, my God? You are <laughs> what? so cheap. You know, you know, as we go on, anyone doing super chats, I want you to weigh in. Are you on my side? It was all give, give for me. Isabel didn't contribute a nickel. She only gave me numbers. All of the numbers were dead dogs with fleas. And I think I should get my $5 back because this ticket is firewood. Oh, my Lord. What? You are so cheap. What? You are so cheap. If that if that had won, you were just going to give her like a pittance. No. If, because it lost? You want everything? If it won the $60 million, she was getting a, a Mini Cooper, John Cooper Works in Sage, which I think is a special color order, and a, a $2 million house down on the beach. Yeah. For nothing. No investment. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I, I think I should at least get my five bucks back. What do you think, folks? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Send a saying? super chat. Tell David that he is completely irrational. <laughs> that cheapness is just infesting his mind i mean whatever anyways we should tell everybody what we're doing here because we are uh, seven minutes into the show we haven't <laughs> yeah, done <I> that <laughs> there's a lot to talk about yes. um and then uh we do want to show uh drea's excellent uh mother's day video yes. because we want to uh, let everybody know about a special promotion we have going in the store today um but we'll do that in a second so that'll give you guys in the office a chance to uh key that up for us so this is Rebel News Daily Livestream. Um, gives us a chance to talk, obviously, unscripted, if you've stayed with us the last eight minutes, about the news <laughs> of the day or, you know, what isn't the news of the day. <laughs> but you definitely do get to know us a little bit better. For example, I think we're all learning a lot about David Menzies uh, this last eight minutes. <laughs> But it gives you a chance to support the work that we do completely willingly. So we are streaming on YouTube. You can watch us on YouTube. But... There are things on you that we cannot talk about on YouTube. So if you are watching us on YouTube, just know we will or we could cut the feed there. 
We would encourage you to watch us on other platforms that don't care about your politics, like Getter. We're currently streaming on Getter, but we're also on Rumble, Odyssey, and Super U. And the beauty of those three platforms is, again, they don't care about your politics, but they also give you a chance to support support the work that we do completely willingly, unlike what they do with the mainstream media just reaching into your families wallet and handing it to Rosie Barton or whoever, whatever unconsequential, inconsequential journalist that you don't care about, Andrew Coyne. <laughs> that guy, boring. Holy cow. Most boring anyway, man on the planet. He <laughs> <it> looks boring. <laughs> um, some people are so boring that they're interesting again, like Ben Stein, but no. Yeah. No. Not not Andrew Coyne. Anyway, so and at least Ben Stein on... gives away his money, right? That makes it right. kind of like me with that lottery ticket if it had won. But anyway, stop with the lottery <laughs> tickets. Anyways, let's finish what we're talking about here. So super you, you can leave us a super you shout, and you, we'll read it on air. On Odyssey, you can leave us a hyper chat. That's their paid chat. There's a couple different ways to do that, and again, we'll read it on air. And on Rumble, you can leave us a Rumble rent. Again, you give us one of those. That's your chance to have a say, and we'll read it on air. And that is everything that we need to do to tie up the loose ends. I want to tell everybody about the uh, special promotion that we have going in the Rebel News Store. Really easy, rebelnewsstore.com. We have a special Mother's Day promotion, and I want to tell you about it because there's only a couple days left. Because I think if you want to get your stuff before Mother's Day... Uh, you probably want to order before the end of the month because we rely on Canada Post and <laughs> you know how that is. <laughs> the government mail. <laughs> um, Actually, so, Sheila, uh, if I may, I think, I, I call them as I see them, I think mail delivery in Canada via regular Canada Post mail has never been faster. And I'll tell you why. Um so few people are actually sending letters. When I go to my mailbox, it's virtually all junk mail, or as Canada Post calls it, ad mail, but nobody else calls it that. So I find my letters these days because, I mean, back in the 70s when the Canada Post Union held Canadians hostage by having a uh, Just in a the 70s? Just in the 70s? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not so much anymore uh, because they dare not, you know, uh, uh, throttle the last remaining uh, letter users because we're living the day and age of at least email. So I think it gets around pretty quick these days, not by design, but just by the way technology has morphed. <laughs> I can watch my parcels because you know how you can track yourself online? I can watch my parcels end up in Sherwood Park at the main depot. So they'll come out of Edmonton, they'll end up in Sherwood Park, then they'll stay 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 in Sherwood Park, they might make it to our Drossen. And then they'll sit in our Drossen, sit in our Drossen, sit in our Drossen, then I'll get, it's out for delivery, it's out for delivery. So it's like, you know, if you need something, order it well in advance or find another way to get it to you because if you need rural postal service it ain't great oh. um, however there are good people who work at canada post yes i just really don't like your union and i don't think the government should be in the mail business well if you're talking rural delivery i don't know anything about that i'm just talking it's about terrible. you know in toronto you know <laughs> sheila the the straw the straw that stirs the drink it gets around pretty quick here okay great good for you that's fine <laughs> okay let's go <laughs> As long as you're, everything's fine in the center of the universe. Okay, that's great. Um, <laughs> okay, let's show the store, please. We got off on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, okay. I wanted to 
because I wanted to tell you, order before the end of the month. Let's show Drea's really great uh, video that she t shot about moms, including her sweet little mom, um, to uh, let you know about what's going on in the store. Somebody who's the salt of the earth. Your teacher, your friend. Mothers look after their children and they fight for their rights even if it doesn't affect them. You're, we're fighting for our kids' rights. Lioness. Don't mess with them. <laughs> my mother means almost everything to me. She's 91. She's been there for me all my life. She's implanted Christian values. She's never changed and she's a rock in our life. My favorite person in the world. Everything she did for us was because she loved us so dearly. Never gave up on us. I miss my mother so much. My mother has passed away, but she has uh, been a guiding light in my life still. I talk with her. I, I feel that she's impacted a lot of truth and faith, and um, she always taught me to um, remember that I'm a child of the King. Anything that she could do to help or support, she did it, and she's gone now, but I will love her forever. Despite whatever may get in her way, she'll be there for you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> a mother is unconditional love. Aww. And this is my mom. mother. So if you agree with us that mothers deserve to be celebrated this Mother's Day and every other day, head to rebelnewsstore.com. Check out our new exclusive line just for the rebel mom in your life and use coupon code MUM25 to save for grandma and mother all together. And that was beautiful, Sheila. And, you know, I would add on, yeah. in addition to grandmas, I would also say, if your mother has passed on uh, or not, um, what about your mother-in-law? I mean, uh, I've only had one mother-in-law. She passed in 2018, uh, Lady Menzoid's mother. And I can tell you, I bawled my eyeballs out on her the day of her passing. Um, she was everything that the media-generated stereotype of a mother-in-law is not. Uh, she was a fantastic human being. Uh, I, I guess it's, I, I'm sure there are awful mother-in-laws out there, but in my personal experience, Sheila, she was a gem and I would definitely uh, buy her Rebel merchandise uh, on Mother's Day um, if she were still here. Uh, and she was a huge supporter of Rebel News, absolutely adored Rebel News. So just saying. My mother-in-law, uh, people who know me know, my in-laws spend most of their time with us. They live with us. They live in the yard. Um, I would have married my husband just to get my mother-in-law. Yeah. Like, I don't want to tell him that, but she's the best. She's the perfect mother-in-law for me. She's so outdoorsy. You know, she's out gardening. She's a hard worker, blue collar. She mothers everybody. Uh, literally, uh, even if my husband you know he's got idiosyncrasies but i look past him because i like that mother-in-law and she's not going anywhere she's the greatest mother-in-law the best i don't know why people are complaining about you got to marry the whole family right yeah. and uh i did 
I'm so happy to hear that, Sheila. But you said something very disturbing. You said your in-laws live out in the field. I mean, they don't come in. They live in the yard. In the yard. Yeah, in the yard it was. Well, well, a yard, a field. They they just live outdoors like feral creatures or something. What's going on? No, they have a place. They have a place. But we have enough land that we share a yard. Yeah. with my in-laws. Well, a we yard is not close. a house or a cabin, right? It, it's, I think of yard, I think of where the cows are. Yeah, they're not like under a <laughs> lean-to in the yard. <laughs> you know, they're in their 60s. <laughs> they're comfortable. Thank you. Thank you for correcting you the happy? record. I was about to send some helpers out there to do a, <laughs> a safety transport, but I guess it's not needed. Okay. It's not needed. No, no, no. Before we go, we do have uh, mom stuff in the store. Let's quickly bring up the store, if that's right, okay. Then. Because we have this whole new line of rebel mom stuff. My mom is a rebel. So the beauty of that 25% off the second item in the store is you can get something for mom, you can get something for the little ones, or you can get mom. And I think our best seller actually <clears throat> is rebel grandma, which I think is great because that takes care of the mother-in-law, right? Like I do have... A rebel mother-in-law which makes my kids grandma definitely a rebel um so this is our whole new line we've got something for babies we've got something for the kids um and let's just get down to rebel grandma and then we'll move on to the news of the day if oh, nobody dear. minds rebel mom tamara's got the rebel mom hoodie there's rebel grandma that's great i hope to see a ton of those out at the protests beautiful merchandise well worth the money and yep. hey wear your politics on your sleeve um yeah Okay, well, Sheila, lots to talk about. Uh, for all those that might be yeah. complaining, they're 17 minutes in and they just talked about inanities. Uh, well, A, uh, you're getting the show for free, and B, we will all we will go <laughs> over, okay, so you get the full always. hour, you, you know, get, and you that happens always. Worth. And um, <laughs> the story du jour is what's going to happen or might not happen, I should say, Sheila, in the beautiful city of Ottawa this weekend. It's the rolling thunder um, coming into uh, town. Oh, and Don Martin with his smug headline here, though. Rolling blender. Oh, real clever, Don. Yeah. Real clever. They're not even there yet, and you're telling them they've screwed up. And I, I'm just going to check with Super Producer Olivia. Do we have a clip from the press conference earlier this morning? She's going to find it. But here's the deal, um, folks, and we'll throw to the clip if we can dig it up. The police are saying zero tolerance. We're closing the downtown core to motorized vehicles. Even if you um, just idle your car, uh, you're going to be hit with an anti-idling ticket. Uh, If it escalates, you're going to be towed away. Um, What this reminds me of, Sheila, because these are, for all we know, peaceful protesters they're on motorcycles they're not on big rigs they're getting pre-crimed they're getting pre-crimed already you stole my thunder almost 20 years ago uh folks there was a movie called uh, minority report and what sheila just said it was a futuristic uh, world in which there was a pre-crimes unit law enforcement was getting its advice from psychics in terms of who might Uh, commit a crime and what they would do is they would go out and arrest that person before the crime was actually committed but they have it on a very good hunch that you were going to do it until it turned out there was evidence to show that the psychics and law enforcement were getting things wrong minority report sheila has come to canada this is exactly it these are uh motorcyclists 
Uh, they're not, oh, I don't know, Black Lives Matter uh, demonstrators. They're not International Women's Day marchers. And therefore, well, you know, yeah, this motorcycle culture. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, motorcycle violent, culture. So you can't confuse them with the women's marchers. Yeah. And I think it's egregious, Sheila, on zero grounds. You know, now listen, if any bikers go in there wearing trouble on their shirt and break the law, yeah, you deserve to be charged. If you desecrate anything, if you vandalize anything, if you assault anyone, yeah, you deserve to be charged. But for this law enforcement cabal in Ottawa to say we are prejudging you all guilty, a la Minority Report, you are not allowed in to the capital city, the capital city, which should be, you know, ground zero for political protests. This is an awful benchmark going forward, Sheila. Yeah, you know what? Move, we should move the capital city out of Ottawa because they are banning certain Canadians from the capital city based on their politics. Move it, it somewhere else. Forget it. You know what, Sheila? You nailed it again. The fact is we have been told for a few decades now we can't profile people. Oh, no, no, no. If there is a car and law enforcement thinks that the people in the car might be up to no good and maybe those people in the car are visible minorities, uh, you can get a ticket thrown out on that presumption. Yeah. They're going to say we were unfairly um, profiled. But it appears that a this kind of profiling, when it comes to a certain group, oh, it's perfectly kosher, no problem at all. Yeah, uh, and... Uh it looks like they're getting ready for violence. And what I mean is not the instance that violence might be committed by the bikers that are headed to Ottawa, but rather the RCMP. They're ramping up the RCMP presence. This was something that should worry everybody who doesn't want to be trampled by a police horse and then mocked for it later on. Yeah. So the Ottawa Police Board has Jeez. okayed as many as eight hundred RCMP reinforcements for the Rolling Thunder rally. RCMP officers will have special constable status, meaning they will have law enforcement capabilities within the city of Ottawa in cooperation with the OPS. And there's that awful police chief, Steve Bell, the worst cop in the entire country. Oh. The worst, the absolute worst. He's a joke, an absolute joke. Um, I hope that if the Conservatives ever win power, that there is a serious actual inquiry into what happened in Ottawa under the leadership of Steve Bell, because it's an absolute disgrace that he's able to operate the way he is without oversight. And all of his mistakes, shameless, public mistakes, they're just being glossed over by the Liberals in committee. It's astounding to watch. You know what, Sheila, if people are unaware of why you have such disdain for Chief Bell, I'll, I'll tell you why it is, folks. When we were in uh, covering the trucker convoy back in February, we went to the press conference in which Chief Bell um, at, told me when I asked him the question about our dear friend and superb reporter Alexa Lavoie assaulted by a cop by getting a canister shot at her thigh. Thank God it was her thigh because if it was her head, uh, maybe that's an ex-employee now. 
And he claimed, even though this was getting international media attention, in fact, just before the press conference, a camera crew from RT, Russia Today, was interviewing Alexa Lavoie outside our hotel. And he claimed uh, he did the Sergeant Schultz uh, move, Sheila. I know nothing. I saw nothing. And then he ended the press conference when question period was over <clears throat> with a little PS. And the PS was this, folks. I just want to applaud all the members of the media who are acting so professionally. And we have heard about slurs uh, thrown your way. And there are already investigations that are open, uh, you know, going after those people who insulted your sensibilities. Yeah, so Alexa Lavoy gets a canister shot at her, point blank, I might add, and nothing to Guillaume, see here. Guillaume was also pepper sprayed. You can see them spray him right in the face. Yep. So Alexa's cameraman was pepper sprayed yep. also. They didn't know anything about it. No, oh, we don't know anything. But meanwhile, uh, the likes of, oh, I don't know, Evan Solomon is called a soy boy. Oh, my, calling all cars, calling all cars, get down to Bell Media. Uh, we got to give some grief cons counseling to uh, Evan and find out uh, who insulted him in such a way. Uh, Sheila, just amazing. I, again, it goes back to Minority Report or some other Orwellian-type uh, novel. A thought crime, calling a mainstream journalist uh, an insult, you know, and well, I don't know whatever happened to Sticks and Stones. That's um, public enemy number one. But whoever shot Alexa, well, you know, we'll kind of get around to it. Maybe it was an accident. What a disgrace. This isn't just Minority Report, though. This is also... Um, completely Orwellian because we have documents that we published the other day. I think I wrote it up for the website where we can see the RCMP 800 of them are headed towards Ottawa, by the way, where after they were caught joking about the injuries caused to people by police horses, mm -hmm. incidentally, not their own. These were the, the ones that deal with barbecue places <laughs> from Toronto. Uh, we saw the RCMP communications team frantically going back and scrubbing social media to remove evidence that these guys exist um, in any of their videos promoting the RCMP musical ride because it was the musical ride team that was making the jokes about the civilians being trampled by police horses. So they went back as part of a cover-up. They couldn't get rid of the leaked chats, obviously. Those were out. But they started going through their internals and making sure that this YouTube ad was pulled and this Bell Let's Talk that featured... But that was all pulled down. That any of the officers involved in this were not tainting the police force. That was their immediate concern. Not the fact that, holy heck, what kind of psychopaths do we have on the musical ride? That wasn't their concern. That was protecting the force from fallout because this was an international thing. You know, I don't know what's happened to the RCMP uh, when you see that kind of egregious commentary going on in social media, when you see them at Roxham Road turning into the Royal Canadian Bellhop uh, police and uh, bringing over the suitcases of illegal aliens as opposed to uh, doing anything tangible. And, you know, that little silly thing sovereign nations are supposed to do, Sheila, um, enforce the border. <laughs> you know, um, what a disgrace. And um, 
We should, if we have it, um, Super Producer Olivia, the uh, the press conference, uh, because they're laying it on the line. Uh, they're saying uh, your freedom of expression, of assembly. Oh, no, no. Those are so 2021. Uh, it's a new game in town, and it's uh, if we don't like what you're protesting, we're shutting it down. Check it out. We have created an exclusion zone in the downtown area where no motor vehicles involved in any event, rally, protest or demonstration are permitted inside that zone. However, the roads are not closed. Allowances will be made for local residents and businesses for traffic. The flow of pedestrians, cyclists and public transit will continue throughout the operation. City barricades, heavy equipment, or police officers and police vehicles will be at various controlled access points surrounding the vehicle exclusion zone to filter lawful traffic onto and in and around those streets. We've already begun to execute this plan. This weekend, residents will see a large and sustained police and enforcement presence, including bylaw and parking enforcement. We've called in officers from the Ontario Provincial Police, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and other municipal police services to execute the plan. We thank all of those services and officers for their contribution. <coughs> Controlled intersections, new no parking and no stopping areas, road closures, vehicle towing and ticketing will be part of the enforcement strategy to support public safety through the weekend. We've developed multiple contingencies, including traffic officers and quick response teams, and we'll be ready to provide an immediate police response to issues throughout the city. Now, Sheila, conspicuous by its absence from Chief Bell was any mention of whether members of the media will be excluded from the exclusion zone. <laughs> that sounds Monty Python-esque to me. And I say that, folks, because... Right now, uh, we have members of the Rebel team from Quebec heading to Ottawa. Uh, later this afternoon, I will be leaving as well as Lincoln, uh, uh, Efren, the super producer, um, Isabel, um, who might have a come-to-Jesus moment and uh, refund my $5. Anyway, what I'm saying is we certainly don't trust the mainstream media to give the coverage. And um, here's my question to you, Sheila. I am sure because CBC headquarters in Ottawa is right downtown. It's like two minutes away from Parliament Hill. Oh, they're getting grief counseling today. Don't worry about it. Oh. They're getting grief counseling. The therapy animals are being called in because the bikers are coming. Oh, I, I, CBC. I have no doubt, Sheila. But my question is this. Is this going to be another example, which we witnessed in February, where the CBC types, you're just ushered on through the barricades. Oh, yeah. Whereas the independent media, I remember, um, if anyone wants to go on into the archives, you can watch uh, Lincoln and I being interrogated by, I'll never forget her name, Officer Dyke of the OPP. We basically had to prove we had a hotel room. And literally, Sheila, we had these cops saying, your papers? Well, I mean, they didn't have the German accent, but they may as well. And um, th is this what we're in for? Is it going to be government-approved and funded journalists get into the exclusion zone, easy yep. peasy? And meanwhile, the independents, well, you guys we don't like because... Oh, you tell the truth. You tell the other side of the story. Is this what it's going to be this weekend, Sheila? Oh, probably. Um, I know we have another clip from that press conference, a short one. But before we go on, there's a, a phrase that he used there that immediately I wrote it down. He said lawful traffic. As in anybody <laughs> else who's not 
you know, doesn't have police approved business in the exclusion zone. Um, that's illegal traffic. So Canadians going to their nation's capital to express their disgust with the things being done by the national government, that's illegal. That's illegal traffic right now, according to totalitarian police chief Bell and his um, enabler, uh, Jim Watson. Which is and gross. Let's roll that other clip, sorry. Okay. Yeah, let's get to that. Organizers and participants will be held accountable for actions before, during, and after the event. For example, many of the individuals charged in the unlawful protest in February have conditions to not be in Ottawa. Those individuals will be arrested and charged. You know, Sheila, and we live in a society where a violent offender can be released on like a, a day pass, unsupervised, and uh, gosh, we really hope he behaves himself. And then people that were charged with minor offenses, parking tickets, you know, idling maybe, these are the public enemy number one contingent and that Chief Bell is going to have his henchmen go after them. <laughs> How perverse can you get? You know, there was another phrase that he used there that I thought was interesting because uh, I immediately recognized it from somewhere else, from a, another uh, Soviet-style cover-up. And it, the phrase was exclusion zone. Yes. So that's what they called Chernobyl. <laughs> like that's that's what they called Chernobyl, and part of the exclusion zone. Why it's so big is because they didn't want people to know what was happening. Yeah. In, in Chernobyl, they were like, "Oh, nothing's happening in Chernobyl." That fallout that you are seeing on your Geiger counters in Sweden is probably nothing. That wasn't us. Um, and the reason I say it's a cover-up is because if you follow the reporting of the incredible Cosmin Georgia over at True North. He's probably the only one on this story. The majority of complaints against the Ottawa police during the convoy are thrown out. Yeah. So this is the Ottawa police getting complaints against, them, against themselves, and they get to vet the complaints before they pass them up to another agency to investigate. And they're just saying, no, these are these complaints against us, nah, they're unfounded. So they've investigated themselves, and spoiler alert, they found nothing. Um, instead of actually having an outside force come in and, well, definitely can't be the RCMP, but, but having an outside agency come in and investigate their actions. And these, the majority of complaints against the police are for brutality, for how they've treated the peaceful protesters. Um, pu public complaints concerning the Ottawa Police Service shot up 324% in the first quarter of the year compared to 2021. Of the 327 complaints received, 84 were related to the Freedom Convoy protests in the city's downtown. In total, the force received 266 improper conduct complaints, 56 excessive force complaints, and 24 complaints of neglect of duty. Of these, only 3% were forwarded to the to investigation by the Office of the Independent Police Review Director, which oversees complaints and disciplinary hearings. Isn't that crazy? They get to vet the complaints against themselves before they decide they're worth investigating. Well, Sheila, as they say in Vegas, the fix is in, baby, and that's yeah. what's happening here. And you know what? I wonder, you know, to go off on another tangerine here, 
if a subsection of these bikers, if they donned over their motorcycle jackets oversized uh, BLM t-shirts, right, saying that, oh, no, no, we have nothing to do with Rolling Thunder. We're, we're doing a BLM protest. What do you want to bet that suddenly there might be some, you know, editing to the ban of uh, specific vehicles? I, I, I really feel that, Sheila. Be, I, I mean, I wish I knew a motorcycle uh, club to do this kind of social experiment because I think if that were the case, um, loud motorcycles and the carbon emissions, whatever they're saying to justify this ban, I think it would be, uh, they would turn a, a blind eye to that group. Uh, this uh, story, I'm just continuing on this story because there's context in here year over year. So in 2021, eight complaints when they had almost no complaints, but eight of those resulted in discipline of officers. This year, with that increasing spike in complaints, only three officers were disciplined. Hmm. That shows that they aren't even interested in making sure that police police to a certain standard of their own code of conduct. Basically, if you are a protester, a civilian in Ottawa, <clears throat> the police at this point can do whatever the heck they want to you. And there's no recourse. Good luck. If you complain, they're just going to say, uh, we've investigated ourselves. And guess what? Surprise, we did nothing wrong. It's incredible. And, you know, one of the reasons, too, Sheila, that we have such a big team of rebels going to Ottawa, I hearken back to last Friday, uh, we covered the Leslin Lewis rally in Mississauga. And what she said was really profound. Um, given the mainstream media coverage she was um, watching um, while the Freedom Convoy was in um, Ottawa, she actually said to herself, is it safe for me to walk to Parliament Hill? Um, she also mentioned by the tone of the coverage, it was inferring that there was an insurrection uh, taking place, yeah. that Canadian sovereignty was on the line. And, you know, she was openly wondering, is this city even a safe place for me to be? And um, I don't know if we can um, dredge up the uh, the clip of the question I asked Leslie Lewis. Um, uh, spoiler alert, she um, stole a plank from the Pierre Polyev uh, campaign, um, which I do not mind because it's so righteous. But that's the thing. You had, you know, Leslie Lewis, you know, based on how the media was covering a peaceful protest, actually questioning whether she should get out of Dodge. And then when she walked down the street and met the people that were part of the Freedom Convoy, it, nobody was doing anything illegally. Quite the contrary, Sheila. You know, one of the most endearing sights I saw were members of the convoy walking around with garbage bags, picking up litter, right? Um, that Because they didn't want it to become a cesspool. By the way, which is often the end result when you see a leftist protest. Yeah. They just drop their signs, and uh, I guess they expect the magic fairies to come and do uh, garbage retrieval. And they were friendly people. There were bouncy castles, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this is why we need to get there, because already the vilification of this um, rolling thunder has begun. And... Uh, when Olivia, do we have that clip of uh, what Leslin Lewis said and what the reaction of the people were? It, it's coming uh, soon, Sheila. And what I'm getting at, 
I just don't trust what the mainstream media are going to say and report on this rolling thunder convoy, Sheila. No, of course not. I mean, I was thinking about just the amount of things that the mainstream media got wrong about the convoy. They I mean, from the very beginning, they got wrong that it was violent. They got wrong that it was white supremacist. They got wrong that it was insurrectionist. But they got it all wrong from their cubicles in Toronto or their Frady Cat, um, what do they call those, Um, panic rooms in the CBC because they wouldn't go down and actually talk to the people in their city. They, you know, they said that these people were violent when the crime rate went down while they were there. However, police complaints went up and they are not even reporting on that. Um, It sounds like maybe the police were breaking the law the whole time while the protesters weren't. Remember, they said there were guns found. There were no guns found. They said that uh, the majority of the funding was foreign. Maybe this was a Russian-backed thing. Remember, CBC said that twice and had to retract two articles about it? When, you know, you get GoFundMe and Gifts and Go in front of uh, a committee and they say, no, this majority of it was small donations from Canadians um, that you wrote off as Russian oligarchs because you're crazy people. And, you know, anyway. it, 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 and Sheila, I can understand uh, Dr. Lewis's, um, uh, you know, umbrage at the reporting because I never got out to the first, the very first weekend of the Freedom Convoy. I was stuck in Toronto and I remember I was driving somewhere and I had 680 News on. That's not news talk. It's just, you know, with opinions. It's just pure supposed journalism. And I remember... I was driving along, and they, and they were reporting from Ottawa, and they said, uh, this just in, the Terry Fox statue near Parliament Hill has been desecrated and vandalized. And, you know, I had a pit in my stomach, like I would say almost every Canadian, I love Terry Fox, yeah. I love what he did. And I thought, oh, come on, what moron? Who would do this? Who would vandalize that statue? And then I learned... It was a f- Canadian flag draped on the statue. It was, you know, when you've had other demonstrations, other marches, for example, the Gay Pride March in Ottawa, they put the rainbow flag on the Terry Fox statue. No desecration here, but you put a Canadian flag? That is desecration? That is vandalism in the eyes of uh, 680 News? When I found out the truth, my head almost exploded. So you can see how they say things, uh, Sheila, without giving you the full context. It is absolutely despicable. But why don't we throw to that Leslin Lewis uh, clip? Uh, I think our viewers are going to love both the question and the response vis-a-vis mainstream media in Canada. I'm at a Dr. Leslin Lewis rally. It attracted about 300 or so people, Um, very friendly crowd. Uh, Dr. Lewis got many standing ovations for what she stood for and she had a lot to say. Uh, Most of it she's said before, but I think we broke a little news during question period. I got a chance to ask her about the CBC. Just check out what Dr. Lewis had to say and the response she got from her supporters. You said in your speech that you were looking at the mainstream media coverage of the trucker freedom convoy in Ottawa. You wondered if it would be dangerous to walk to Parliament Hill. 
It wasn't. In fact, crime went down during the demonstration, as I understand it. Uh, secondly, you, um, what, you saw reports that the country was in the process of being overthrown. Uh, that was a complete falsehood. It was a peaceful protest. But the point I'm getting at to Dr. Lewis is that when we cover Pierre Polyev rallies, the single thing he says that brings about the greatest standing ovation is when he promises to defund the CBC. Will you make that promise and defund the other media? The distrust that we have, or that society has in the media, and in legacy media, cannot continue. The CBC, on the course that it is on, is tantamount to being an arm of the Liberal government in the way that they are covering. And all across the country, people are saying that the, the billion dollars that we pay to the CBC is wasted money. And I'm hearing that So yeah, I guess she's taking a plank from the Pierre Polyev. So, so Sheila, um, uh, I don't know if you could see that, but on the riser was a CBC camera woman. I actually I pointed directly at her and I said, <laughs> you report this. And she nodded her head up and down. Here's the epilogue, Sheila we can find no existence of this coverage <laughs> of the Leslie and Lewis rally. CBC sent an entire camera crew, one of their little minivans, yep. to cover this. The, whether you like the news or you don't like the news, and I understand you probably are mortified of the idea of being defunded, that's not the point. That is news. That is a second conservative candidate saying, you guys are toast if I become prime minister. And it's not covered? They are picking and choosing what Canadians can hear, and if it's unsanitized in their estimation, it's censored? Give me a break. I want my money back, Sheila. Well, that's exactly why we're sending three teams of journalists yeah. <laughs> to cover Rolling Thunder. Like, that's exactly why. They don't like us over in the mainstream media, but we exist because they're awful. So we step into the void that they refuse to fill. You don't tell the other side of the story. Filter the news to the public. Fine. We'll do your job. Thanks for creating the market for the work that we do. So we are sending three teams to Ottawa to cover the anemic counter-protest, I expect, uh, the treatment of the protesters by the police and the treatment of the public in general by the police, um, and also the protest itself, the Rolling Thunder protest. So we've got three teams of people going. We are going to incur some expenses because unlike the CBC yeah. that gets paid to not even tell you the news that they were literally there to report, <laughs> as it turns out, um, <laughs> you can donate to uh, offset our costs um, to send three teams from, you know, the entire region there um, at convoyreports.com. And we appreciate all your donations. Uh, you facilitate all the work that we do here at Rebel News. Before we move into the chats, I just want to uh, let's do something a little bit more fun, but it's probably not all that. I mean, it's fun because we get to make fun of Justin Trudeau, which is you know, sometimes I feel like I'm punching down. Um, but <laughs> and if if you weren't the prime minister, it would be a lot funnier. But he's literally in charge of everything, which is bad. Um, 
Efron ha- clipped it. Great tweet, Efron. Prime Minister Trudeau deflects away from answering whether he's guilty of fraud for taking a free $200,000 vacation from a billionaire. That's the uh, Edgar Khan. Mm. Um, he went to the island there. Uh, back in 2015, 2016, as soon as he took office, he was like right on the gravy train with biscuit wheels, <laughs> taking all of the, the uh, freebies <laughs> that he could. Um, and recently an RCMP report came out and Ezra did a full show on it the other day. So if you are um, not yet a subscriber to Rebel News Plus to get Ezra's full nightly show, I suggest you become one. It's worth the eight bucks just to just to see that show there was literally a flow chart in these documents where the rcmp laid out why we should probably charge him but then they didn't for some reason <laughs> political reasons obviously but they had like it was like a literally a flow chart of these are the reasons why we should be charging him like if it's this okay we go this way and then that way and then yeah the result is charge him. If it's this, like they couldn't get away from not charging him unbelievable but they decided not to charge him anyway um, and so naturally, the conservatives who are doing a pretty good job in question period these days, they asked about it. And Justin Trudeau just was right out of her. Like he just, it's like he didn't even, he wasn't even remotely prepared for the question that was coming his way. And I don't know how he couldn't have been, knowing that this was the scandal of the day with the liberals in Canada. But let's roll that clip from Efron, please. Speaker, Section 19 of the Criminal Code says that ignorance of the law by a person who commits an offence, which includes our Prime Minister, is not an excuse for committing an offence. Section 121 of the Code indicates that everyone is guilty of fraud on the government if they be the officer except from anyone who has dealings with the government, a reward, such as a luxury illegal vacation, unless they have consent in writing from the head of the department. If the Prime Minister did not give himself consent, will he admit that he's guilty of fraud? Listen to that. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, as I said, we're seeing the Conservatives don't want to focus on the things that matter to Canadians. They don't want to talk about workers. They don't want to talk about supporting seniors. They don't want to talk about supporting students. They don't want to talk about supporting veterans. They don't want to talk about the opioid crisis. They don't want to talk about reconciliation. They don't want to talk about investments in clean and renewable energy. They just continue to want to try and make personal attacks and focus on me while we as a government continue continue to remain resolutely focused on serving Canadians and delivering for them. Sheila, that a- was the most epic example I have seen in my entire life in journalism of a politician deflecting the question. I mean, that's more of a deflection than Phil Esposito used to do in the early 70s in the Bruins when he was scoring 70 goals. That is outrageous. That is that is not an answer. That's a non-answer. Um, I, I'm appalled by that clip. Well, we're, conservatives are also talking about those other things too, just not in the way that uh, Justin Trudeau wants to fix them. For example, yeah, we... Conservatives in general care about uh, seniors and students, but that has a lot to do with inflation and the cost of living and is out of control spending driving up yeah. inflation. Conservatives care about reconciliation. Why can't you get clean drinking water on reserves? Conservatives also care about veterans. 
That's why we're so grossed out when our prime minister says that they're asking for more than the government is willing to give them. You know, conservatives care about those things, but we also care about whether or not the guy leading the country is a criminal. Yeah. And Sheila, you're right on. This is what makes Justin Trudeau's answer so perversely ridiculous. And it's this. All those uh, files he brought up, all those topics, all those issues, the liberal government gets a failing grade on. I mean, yeah. it's um, he says the conservatives don't want to talk about um, our failed policies in all these issues. It, it, it's preposterous. Yeah, you know, what is it about Justin Trudeau? I think he's projecting a little bit because I think that normal adult people who are in charge of stuff can think about several issues at once. I yeah. think about several issues at once all day long. But Justin Trudeau thinks that you can only focus on seniors. And then once you fix that, then you move on to the next thing. Instead of ha being in charge of a lot of moving pieces with, I mean, is this not why we have ministries? So that there are people assigned to deal with these certain portfolios? Get them working on it. But also, I think the public deserves to know whether or not you think you should have been charged with fraud. Uh, yeah, and he did not answer the question. Um, so therefore, no. it's a non-answer, and uh, he's making himself more irrelevant uh, the longer he stays in office. Um, Sheila, are we going to look at some Super Chats? Or, uh, oh, and by the way, if you are putting it through a Super Chat, because, folks, today is National Superhero Day, throw in a line which superhero, or if you prefer, which supervillain you most identify with. And we should go out... Uh, <laughs> Olivia, on that video of David and his fancy car that he wants, because I promised it off the top of the show. And if anybody has stuck around to the end, let's roll that video. I had David nothing to do with about... this, folks. I think you're supposed to get the express written per, uh, permission from Major League Baseball, Sheila, which you failed to do yet again. <laughs> So sue me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're demonetized. It's not like we made any money off it. Uh, GGFD gives us 10 bucks and says, SGR, that's me. Great report on the Alberta government and their efforts to bring Holly Weird to the Fairmont <laughs> Jasper Park Lodge. Excellent news coverage, just like a real qualified Canadian journalism organization. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, we're almost just like it. Uh, you could tell that I have maybe watched The Bachelorette twice and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> in, in that video, I think I called it morally corrupt television or something. But yeah, while the, like literally three days after they announced new restrictions on Albertans, which resulted in the cancellation of our Christmases, basically, we couldn't mix outside of households, limited our churches to 15% during Advent, um, restricted funerals, including my own mother's, to just 10 people. I closed our dining rooms, closed our gyms. Um, they were working to get these Hollywood non-Canadians into the country to work. So while they deemed our lives, our jobs non-essential, they were trying to relabel these hedonistic TV producers uh, essential workers, trying to do They were writing letters to the feds for them. And, and, and let's be honest, Sheila, this was all about vanity. And I'm not talking about the vanity sure. of the people with the TV show, The Bachelorette, which I've never seen, but the vanity of politicians in Alberta going, look at us, look at us, we're world class, we're getting this top-rated reality TV show uh, right here in Wild Rose country. That was what it was all about, Sheila. The 
public health officer, Dina Hinshaw, wrote a letter to the feds that said it would be a real benefit to the <sighs> mental health of Albertans, whose lives she just ruined, by the way, to see Jasper on TV. Yeah, you just closed our businesses and prevented us from saying goodbye to our loved ones. But yeah, whoopity-doo, Jasper's on TV. It's Jasper. It's on TV every other week. You know, like, who cares? You know, it reminds me. If I want to see Jasper, I'll go see Jasper. It's right over there. You know, (laughs) Sheila, it reminds me of last summer when, remember, the Toronto Blue Jays got a special national exemption from the COVID tyranny uh, in the interests of, um, I I guess, bringing good to Canada because, you know, God forbid we, you know, Canadians were going to um, crisis management centers because the Jays were playing their home games out of Buffalo, New York, as opposed to Toronto, Ontario. Um, The hypocrisy when it comes to a certain level of, um, you know, millionaires or billionaires or entertainment or professional sports, it is astounding to see it. And these necromancers, as you call these public health uh, officers, uh, they say it with a straight face. Oh, yeah, this is good for the health of Canadians. Despicable. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. I mean, an exemption. Kids baseball. Yeah. Kids baseball was canceled, but these millionaires were fine. Yeah, the millionaires, and don't forget the owner of the team, the multi-billionaire corporation called Robbers, I mean Rogers Communications. Yeah, it was so bad with this uh, bachelorette thing. They were they were trying to create like what they did with the NHL and NHL bubble. Mm. But the health region said, we don't have n- enough registered nurses to do this for you. But the province said, well, let's just pull the RNs out of the health zone anyways. So they're closing your business to protect a healthcare system already under collapse, <laughs> so they say. But let's also take these nurses out of this health zone that is understaffed with RNs and give them over to the bachelorette. Because that'll make you feel better when you're seeing it on TV, was their logic. Why does Henshaw always look so gaunt, uh, Sheila? Or is that just a bad picture? <laughs> she, she always looks like she needs like a transfusion or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She looks. She's a psychic vampire. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get emails. Okay, Yankee oh. gave us a buck. I don't know why. <laughs> but he says that Isabel always makes David look good in the video. So he's team Isabel. Oh, okay. In With regard to your cheapness. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my cheapness. Look at Yankee. A buck? A loony? Uh, you know, what's that? 58 cents American? Give me a break, Yankee. He works with us. Why is he paying money to talk to us? That's that, why. He's not being cheap. To ensure his employment. So we like his donations. That's why if I'm Yankee Pollock. I'm uh, cutting a check for at least three figures. Georgie Georgie says, <laughs> hi, guys. I like being really cheap, too. That's why I give you guys a dollar. <laughs> well played, good sir. No, but our Back beloved viewers, I'm happy if you give a buck. Don't get me wrong, folks, but I think if you're an yeah. insider, you owe more than a buck. Let's reimburse you. Uh, (laughs) Becca Henderson gives us a buck, says, David, I appreciate you, but I'm with Sheila. Between the card price, yep, between the card price and now this, you are being irrationally cheap. You're cheaper than Mennonites, Team Isabel. 
Mennonites are frugal. They're frugal. They don't like debt, and I like that about them. Look, I'm cheap too, but I'm not cheap to the point where I'm breaking friendships and causing strife in the workplace, David Menzies. Um, Explain to me, Sheila Gunn-Reed <laughs> and Becca Henderson, how I, A, put up all the money for the ticket, I, B, promise to give her a fantastic sports car plus a $2 million Toronto residence. She only gave me numbers, all of which failed to come up. I only asked for my money back, and I'm the cheapskate? Holy mackerel, pot, meat, kettle, kettle, meat, pot. David, <laughs> what is your involvement in this, except for the fact that you gave the guy the money? Like, she, she did the intellectual labor of coming up with the numbers. Yeah, That's but look something. how faulty the intelligence was. You know what, Ashley, Sheila, okay, to appease all you naysayers, I'll go back to the store and see if the, the guy behind the uh, counter at the variety store will give me my five bucks back. Is that, is, yeah, do is that. that a good compromise? Do that. Do you know what? Bring Isabel with you to film it. <laughs> uh, King7734 says a buck. Essentially what you're saying by wanting your money back, if the ticket had won, she should have gotten it all. What? Don't be so cheap. <laughs> this is insane. I can't believe this feedback. No, David. Why would she get it all on my 100% investment? I mean... It would be outrageous enough if you said 50%, but all of it, and I bought the ticket? Sheila, this is this is ridiculous. I, You know what? That's it for me in the lottery. I'm not going to try to enrich any other rebel's life anymore from now on. I think that's fair. As long as we don't have to listen to you be cheap. I think we're all winning. Jory uh, Jorgi also says, gives us a bucket, says, both of my grandmas recently passed. Mm. Oh, that's terrible. Sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. JCMN84 gives us 10 bucks. That's awful generous. Morgan Lowry article, unvaxxed risks to vaxxed is based on bad, yes, uh, uh, Canadian, uh, or CMAJ article that used a comp model with errors. For example, 20% natural immunity in unvaxxed. Bonnie Henry says 50% natural immunity in BC from Omicron alone. Stay tuned because Tamara has done some uh, really good journalism on that. this. She debunked the flaws in this study, but she also um, interviewed Byron Bridal, who uh, goes, because he's a viral immunologist, he goes through why exactly the study is flawed and why he thinks, I saw in his, his sub-stack, that he thinks this uh, amounts to hate speech, that you're blaming the unvaccinated for the reason why in Ontario the vaccinated are testing positive and being hospitalized at greater rates when adjusted to population too. So it's not just because, okay, there's more of them that are vaccinated. No, it's adjusted to population. So uh, by the yeah, way, Sheila, gross. far be it for me to be the voice of reason, but are we getting close to uh COVID treachery in the eyes of YouTube? Should we, do we have to uh, sign off? Or? Uh, we're okay. I think oh, we're, we're okay. good. All right then. Yeah. Uh, AMT 60, a buck. I respect that the bikers are rolling into Ottawa. Do you think that Ontario Bill 100 will affect them and take their bikes and possibly their homes? How do they avoid this? Bill 100 is guilty first. 
I don't want to give legal advice. <laughs> you know, and I have to say, Sheila, the authorities, uh, it's reminding me of an assignment that uh, Dakota and I covered uh, last summer. Uh, Port Dover, Ontario is the home of the Friday the 13th ride. Um, there can be as many as 13 Friday the 13s in one calendar year or, or at least one. There has to be either one, two, or three. And one of the politicians in Port Dover uh, actually declared the event to be a non-event, you know, kind of like, you know, some, you know, uh, witch from Harry Potter with a magic wand saying, I declare this a non-event. Well, look what happened. <laughs> I, I see there's some footage from that day. I believe it was August the 13th. And um, there was the response to the event officially being declared a non-event. I mean, can you believe the chutzpah? And basically, this is what they're doing in Ottawa. We're declaring it a non-event. Oh, and how's this for the cherry on the Sunday? We're gonna tag and ticket and arrest and incarcerate you as well. At least they never did that in Port Dover. Let's keep going. We've got one from Cheryl Don V, a buck. Sheila, thank you for your reporting on Mojo Greenhouse. I usually custom order my flowers from Sherwood Park, but decided to send my business to Mojo, and they are happy to do a custom order. You know, I've got a bit of an update on that story, but oh. I don't know if it's worth doing another story. So somebody emailed after seeing my story about how this small business is ostensibly, after getting all the permits and codes and inspections and everything, they showed me all of it. Um, they they had their ability to open their greenhouse this year after having it open for years and years and years, yanked one week before opening, even though they started their plants in January and paid for all that natural gas um, in January. But the problem is last year they reopened their diner in defiance of the lockdown. And someone emailed the MLA there, Shane Getson, who uh, also kept his mouth shut um, when another uh, place in the region there, um, Grace Life Church was being snatched by the state and their pastor was in jail for 35 days. No one ever heard of Shane Getson back then. Um, but somebody emailed him about my story and he said, the story is filled with inaccuracies, but didn't note any of them. Shane, if you're watching, send me an email. Tell me what I got wrong. Yeah. Secondarily, he said that um, Mojo uh, got in trouble under the, I think he, he, the words he used... Um, is the Safety Codes Act. Now, what Mojo did show me was, um, and it's publicly available online, the health inspector came and inspected their restaurant last year and just hammered them with everything because, obviously, they reopened in defiance of the lockdown. So the health inspector threw everything and the kitchen sink at them. So that document is publicly available online. You can go and find it. But they also showed me a copy of that. They were upfront about everything. They said, yeah, the health inspector came and this is the trouble they gave us. But um, I can't find anything under the safety codes. Um, and furthermore, Mojo says that they can't even get anybody to tell them what they're doing wrong. They are willing what? to work with the county to fix things. They just can't get anybody to tell them what they're doing wrong. They're good people. They're broken. They just want, they want to do what's right, but the Parkland County there isn't cooperating with them. And uh, I hope, hopefully, somebody can make this right. Um, because again, they're willing to do what it takes. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe their MLA Shane Getson could reach out to Parkland County and say, 
sounds like Mojo are willing to do what it takes to do whatever they need to do to fix this so that they're not opened illegally. Let's work together to do that instead of pointing the finger at me for telling their story, Shane Getson. Uh, Sheila, I I'm baffled by what you just said. I mean, the bare minimum benchmark when you're charged with something is what the nature of the charge is. If I get pulled over for speeding, the officer says I clocked you at 23 over the limit. It, that's the crime, right? Uh, how can they not be told what the crime is? That I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, well, they had health violations related to the restaurant, but the restaurant is not closed this year. That's not the side of the business that's in trouble. The health inspector was sicked on them because they reopened. Um, but that's not the side of the business that the county is not allowing to reopen. It's the greenhouse, even though the greenhouse was open last year and the year before and the year before that. Mm. And they have all their inspection reports. They just won't tell them what they need to do to be allowed to do this properly. And maybe their MLA could advocate on their behalf instead of sending emails back to uh, concerned residents accusing this business of wrongdoing. That business is also a part of your community, Shane Getson. Why don't you help them instead of standing by and watching them lose their shirt and blaming me for telling their story? Unbelievable. Anyways, that's uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I was kind of mad when I got that email last <laughs> night because I thought, you know what? The, I'm doing Shane's job. You know, why aren't you helping these people work yeah. with the county? They obviously need help navigating the system. Why are you mad at me for telling the story of how nobody did anything to help them? Shame. Yep. Anyway. Uh, JCMN84, please check out, yeah, Dr. Byron Bridal. Yeah, we did. Uh, Olivia Bruni, no, that's uh, our Olivia, January 777. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading things as they come past my screen. I'm an automaton, like a TV journalist. Um, uh, five bucks, Sheila. Uh, if you've talked about this by the time my rent comes up my apologies however if not then why is chris scott not receiving any airtime regarding the alberta prosperity app on the rebel platform um you know what there are just only a few of us we can't get to all of it, it as you know we, you know we are covering all of chris scott's legal costs i camped out in the um whistle stop cafe for over a month i was there really every single day i was doing all my work at a quarter booth um, at a table, and when that table got busy, I would sit on the floor uh, beside the dog food in the convenience store. So, you know, it's not that we are don't like Chris Scott, that we have just had a falling out, but it really, we just can only cover so many things. And we're, we'll do our best to cover that when it gets closer to some of us, um, but sometimes, it, like, it's in Grand Prairie. So that's a heck of a round trip for me or it's in medicine hat and that's a heck of a round trip for the guys in calgary so once things get a little closer and if time permits we definitely will uh january 777 app very important information albertans must be aware of yes i know uh, January 777, five bucks. I wrote a comment on another platform beginning with Trudeau and his team of czars, and it was immediately pulled. <laughs> no freedom of speech in Trudeau's Canada. No, and it's only going to get worse. I would love to know what platform that was, my friend. Oh, I imagine it's Facebook. <laughs> Jeez, unbelievable. Boy, Twitter's getting fun these days, by the way. Oh. It's fun. It, isn't it something? And uh, by the way, um, folks, I did uh, with uh, Isabel yesterday some streeters down at Young Dundas Square, 
asking the good folk of Hogtown uh, what they think of Elon Musk um, acquiring Twitter. Wow. You know what? It's good news. It restored my faith in the people of Toronto, perhaps just briefly, but uh, make sure you watch for that. That was my uh, <laughs> hypothesis when you went out to do those streeters. I thought either people are literally not going to care or they're going to be like, oh, great, more ideas, more free and liberal exchange of ideas. How can that be a bad thing? The only people who care are the people who know that they can't argue their ideas um, and that their ideas won't stand up to the smallest amount of scrutiny, i.e. a mean tweet. Uh, those are the people who are outraged, and those people only exist on Twitter because that has been their, to use the phrase I used earlier, their panic room. Yep. Okay, Rebels from Hollywog gives us two bucks. You need to have the video of the police abusing people, kicking, punching, etc. in the background while discussing this. You know, that's a good point. Mm, we'll do that next time. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> you know what? We might get new footage of that over the weekend. <laughs> yes, so. Yeah, we might not go have to go into file footage. Uh, rather, yeah. just air some breaking news. Yeah, it'll be fresh. Yeah. But, you know, I just, David, I'm already worried about you because anytime you get near a cop, you end up in handcuffs with your face smushed <laughs> into a wall. So just be careful out there. Can you believe it? And me, the lovable one. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five bucks from Fraser McBurney. Don't just defund the CBC, sell it with the money, pay off the national debt. Oh, you think it's worth anything close to the national debt? <laughs> you know what, she, uh, Sheila, I got to tell you something, though. And I don't know why this idea hasn't been embraced, but say we can't do anything about the CBC in terms of defunding it or telling it to raise donations like we do. If anybody is in Toronto, they're familiar where the headquarters is. It's across the street from Sky Dome. It is on some of the priciest real estate in the city of Toronto. And what I would do, Sheila, assuming the CBC actually owns their own building, and I think they do, I, I think would. They do. And and this is, and I'm not making a joke here. You know, I, I'm I'm really. This is a fantastic uh, money making opportunity. There's there's a photo I think that Olivia dug up. What you do is you raise this building, you demolish it, and then you rebuild it into I don't know 70, 80, 90 story tower. Uh, retail, commercial, residential, um, although the first seven or eight floors, whatever it needs, is the CBC. And meanwhile, all that money they would be raking in from retailers, office uh, buildings, condominium owners, that might actually fund the CBC or it would take a big bite out of the uh, involuntarily uh, rendered tax dollars they get. I don't know why this isn't considered. This is happening all over the city of Toronto. Young Street, the my beloved Young Street is transforming before my eyes uh, into Bay Street with the towers going up and all the quirky retailers getting demolished. Why can't the CBC think out of the box like that? David, just stop with your capitalism. <laughs> You're going to scare them down at the CBC. You know, they've never had to rely on, you know, making a bottom line or exactly. letting on a profit. Yeah. None of that. So they don't think this way. They are literally the Communist Broadcasting Corporation in that they are completely government owned and they don't have to worry about profitability or getting 
even eyeballs on their content. They don't even worry about getting consumers at this point. Yep. I joke, but they are literally a statistical rounding error of people who watch the six o'clock news watch CBC, and that should be their flagship production. Yeah. Uh, JCMN84 gives us another 10 bucks. Hire back our heroes. Yes. $12 million for foreign nurses, yet unvaxxed fired nurses are ready to work. And most of those, if you care about this sort of stuff, and I really don't, they're naturally immune. They are probably COVID recovered. Yeah. But Makes anyway, too much sense, uh, if Sheila. I say, And if I say any more, then I'm going to get us kicked off of YouTube. So I'll mm. just keep it to myself. <laughs> uh, Fraser McBurney gives us five bucks. My superhero was my dad. Wow. That's, that is so nice. You know. Makes you feel like a jerk now, doesn't it, David? <laughs> Not really. You know, I wonder, uh, I was thinking with Yankee Pollock uh, weighing in, who would his, who would he most resemble in terms of the superhero universe? And, you know, Yankee likes to go on and on and on in our daily morning meetings, Sheila. And you know what name came to mind for Yankee? Elongated man. Yeah. Look it up. He's actually a superhero. <laughs> What I was just thinking about every time I see the shirt, hang on here. Can you just do a Google image search of Guns and Moses? <laughs> I bought the Guns and Moses shirt, a version of it, when I was in Israel because how could I not? Um, but some of these images are pretty deadly, and so if Moses were a superhero coming down off the mountain with the tablets with a Glock in his hand. Uh, that's what I think Yankee would be. Wow. Guns and Moses. But I think, Olivia, just in case anyone thinks I'm joking, I think she's actually sourced an elongated man image. He's one of these stretchy <laughs> characters, folks, like, uh, you know, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four and Plastic Man and Elastigirl. There you go. Boy, what a name, eh, Sheila? Elongated man. And believe me, there is a punchline just dangling there over home plate, which I dare not say. <laughs> What in the heck biography <laughs> includes an identity crisis, a rain in hell? Oh, David, I've got too much to do this afternoon to investigate this stuff. Why put this in front of me? Okay, I, we should really wrap up the show because we've gone okay. 20 minutes over, which should please you people in case you're mad because we talked about nothing for at least the first 15 minutes. So that's everything. I think we're all caught up. All right. Well, that is fantastic. I want to say thank you to uh, Olivia and uh, Danny and Efren all behind the uh, board today. And thank you to everybody that tuned in. A special thank you to all you people that uh, gave us a little do-re-mi. You know, we don't embrace uh, negative option billing like the CBC does and most of the mainstream media. Right, Sheila? It's like over $600 yep. million per year. And there'll be two other Rebels uh, in this spot at 12 noon Eastern tomorrow. And in the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. I buy a lot of lottery tickets too, Sheila. I got to tell you, I my dream is to buy the performance yes. Batmobile made by fiberglass freaks in Indiana. <laughs> I want to buy a Batmobile. I just want to cruise Young Street <laughs> as the Cape Crusader. <laughs>
goodness, that's the best. Poor Lady Menzies in her Robin outfit. Like... Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, really, the Robin costume was surely designed for a female, right? I mean, like yeah, for sure. red tunic, green short shorts, yellow cape. Oh, say it loud, boy wonder, say it loud. <laughs>